Why do you love it so much? I think if you own your own business, you have to be prepared to take risks. Being a woman doesn't hold you back from achieving success. Yep, so if you're struggling, just stop and pause and, and really reflect on why am I struggling here. But I've also worked really hard and telling me it's luck, I think, just takes away some of that recognition of the hard work. One last question. Welcome to Tea with the Queen, a show where I talk with some of my favourite go-getters, inspiring and courageous women in leadership and business. I'm your host, Emma McQueen. I'm a business coach, executive coach, author and speaker. And for 20 years, I've been working with women to unlock their potential and get paid their worth while doing work they love. Who doesn't want better self-esteem, a better mindset and be able to perform better at work? We all do, of course, and it might be a cliche, but what you wear really can improve how you feel about yourself. In fact, it's scientifically proven that dressing well can set you up psychologically to perform well. Nicole Vine is a personal stylist. She helps curate wardrobes that work for women who work. You'll hear shortly some of the biggest challenges women face when it comes to creating their own style and she offers some tips on how to find your best look. Nicole, your career today is much different to when you first started out. You're well and truly established in a leading Australian commercial law firm. Tell me about that career and what was that like? <laughs> yes, the the old legal career. Uh, well, I think it goes back to the old adage, uh, just because you can, it doesn't mean you should. But having said that, it was a really a very, it was a great platform for me to launch into a range of other uh, professional and business paths, including my personal styling business, um, because, you know, it equipped me with valuable experience and skills and it, and it taught me a lot about the commercial world I suppose uh, which also made me realize that that just wasn't something that sparked much joy for, for me. Um, I did however make some really great connections and, and really lovely lifelong friendships and the cherry on top was that I, I even met my wonderful husband at the office so you know that, that there was definitely some great positives to come out of my legal career. I love a good romance story like that. You know I love those stories. <laughs> you do, absolutely. They're the best. Was it a boys' club back then or perhaps it still is? Uh, yeah, well, probably, um, but everyone's experience is different and, and I think I was extremely fortunate to be articled to a, a really wonderfully dynamic and very well-recognised partner who just happened to be female and so my focus was really less on any limitations um, and, and, and much more on the opportunities that were available to me. And they were really well modelled to me by many, many hardworking, fierce female lawyers who, who um, were in the firm at the time. So, so, yeah, my experience, not so much. That's great. That's really unheard of, actually. You moved out of Allen's to start your own legal consultancy. Why was that? Uh, yeah, this one kind of just happened. Um, I think uh, we just had our third baby and I was really reluctant to head back into the office again with three kids under the age of six. So I suppose the consultancy was a way of me weaning myself off the law um, where I hadn't quite made up my mind as to you know what career path I was going to take and as I weaned myself off it it actually offered a really great level of flexibility around my family uh, that just made it a really good fit for me at that time. 
Perfect. Yes, three kids under six would be tricky. You Handful. Yeah, handful. You then took a completely different turn. What was the genesis behind being a woman's stylist? <laughs> this is the question that I get asked the most for sure and that, alongside, of course, what shoes do I wear with this? <laughs> uh, so <laughs> that's a big one. Uh, people are always intrigued about how someone can go from a career in law to becoming a personal stylist and so essentially, you know, at that time among my family and friends, I've, I was always the go-to fashion font of knowledge uh, and anyone, anytime someone had an event to dress for, I'd be absolutely chomping at the bit to talk to them about their outfit, uh, where they could get the perfect shoe to go with it. And I've even been known to bring my own clothes um, around for people to try on and borrow, uh, still, still do that from time to time. But then after I'd had our third baby, something really changed and I completely lost my style mojo. And I was doing what probably many exhausted mums do. I was settling for what I like to call my default duds. Um, They're those really lifeless, purely functional pieces of clothing that just really don't. They don't do much for your mindset and they they don't make you feel great about yourself. So I really did stop making an effort with my clothes and I let myself get lost in the whole daily grind, which was actually pretty sad. Um, But then, always light at the end of the tunnel, I stumbled upon a a personal stylist who was working out of the local shopping centre known as Chad Vegas for anyone who is familiar with Chadston. Uh, And while I really did think that it was probably, probably definitely incredibly indulgent to use a personal stylist, uh, I found myself in such a slump that I decided I would use her services for myself. And I've got to say, thank bloody goodness I did, because I was immediately brought back to my lifelong love of style and creativity and, and making an effort with how I looked. The benefit of that session with her um, just kept escalating it got even better because then I realized that what she had inspired in me I could very easily inspire in other women and had actually been doing that for many years with family and friends so I completed um, her styling training I worked in her business for a stint and then I decided to launch my own personal styling business back in 2012 Uh, and the rest as they say is history. That's so awesome. It's so awesome that you recognised that you'd lost your style mojo and that you went and found it with another stylist and that brought back the love and you saw the impact she had on you and now you're having that impact on other women and I'm lucky enough to be one of those women. (laughs) Although sometimes I let my stylist down by, you know, business up top. (laughs) Relaxed underneath. You're allowed those moments, Em. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Tell us, how is it? How do you find your clients? Yeah, well, uh, in the early days, again, I was really fortunate to have a couple of fabulous champions of my business. So they were clients and, and now they're dear friends who, uh, after working with me, uh, they were happy to refer me to their friends and their family and colleagues. And so my network essentially grew from there. Um, and it grew at a nice pace that fit really, you know, fit really well with the needs and um, priorities of a young family. 
But obviously in business, referrals are, um, you know, they come with peaks and troughs, which isn't always ideal. And so now as my kids are getting older, um, I can't believe I'm about to be a mother of an 18-year-old, I'm able to focus much more on my business. And and so I've sought the guidance in the past probably 18 months of some incredible coaching and positioning experts, including yourself, lovely Emma. so that I can elevate my visibility and brand and be able to offer what I do to many more women who might not have otherwise heard about me. So, you know, it's initially referral and now more active positioning and and putting myself out there. Yeah, perfect. And I, I suppose for those people that haven't used a stylist, they may be wondering why clothes matter, why the clothes that we wear matter and why Again, does it matter if we're working from home? Can you just talk to us about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the whole why do clothes matter question, it, you know, interestingly enough, it's actually one that I have grappled with a lot. Uh, and that was particularly when I was transitioning from, you know, a, a serious legal career to being paid to take other women shopping for clothes. I was I often found myself really questioning whether helping women with their style was of any real substance or importance, um, whether it was just kind of superficial and even a little bit frivolous, I suppose. But with each woman who I worked with, I found myself witnessing um, some moments in often very emotionally charged fitting room where she, for the first time, really saw herself again. And I get emotional when I talk about this because I could, you know, with all of the women I work with, I see that they really, really start to like what they see as well. Uh, And then I'd hear back from them, you know, days or weeks later, how easy their mornings had become uh, because they're no longer agonising over what to wear. And then I'd hear comments that, you know, a particular woman was actually enjoying deciding what to wear and and getting compliments on it. And wow, that's just mind-blowing and that her confidence was soaring. That's when I knew that this thing that perhaps on the face of it seemed superficial and and a little bit frivolous, so much so that even myself as a personal stylist was questioning it a little bit, it's in those moments that I really uh, knew that what I did mattered and that style and clothes matter and that they matter in, in some of the really big ways because they have a really significant impact on mindset and self esteem and performance. And so, yeah. While we have been in ISO, uh, of course, we've all been enjoying the the banter about not wearing pants on Zoom calls and, you know, rocking up to work in PJs or trackies and uggies. And and I think we've all enjoyed that and we've needed some space to breathe and and slow down a little. But the reality is, in my view, that dressing is is really an inside-out, outside-in experience. And so what we wear, it really reveals so much about who we are and what we want for ourselves. Uh, And it really sets us, you know, it impacts how we set ourselves up for the day. So my advice has been right throughout this period of lockdown or isolation that, yeah, absolutely, for sure, have those off-duty days occasionally. Um, But on the other days, dress for work and make the effort as a real sign of respect for yourself and the people that you're working with. Uh, and do so knowing that it really does set you up psychologically to perform well. It's scientifically proven uh, and, and it really then gets you able to, in, in your words, M, you can then really get some shiz done. 
<laughs> they are my words. <laughs> what What do you see as some of the biggest challenges that busy corporate women face when it comes to their wardrobe and creating their style? Hands down, they are all time poor, and and you know not just busy corporate women. This is busy business leaders. This is busy mums, women, people in general are all time poor. And so what I find is that um, deciding what to buy and what to wear for these women is often an absolute inconvenient um, necessity that they simply don't have that headspace for. And that means that they usually do uh, a quick emotionless shop for a couple of, you know, get the job done pieces. And they never really feel satisfied with how they look, sadly. Uh, And they end up wearing the same thing over and over and they're just bored with themselves. And even though they feel they could do better, they're just not really sure how. On the other end of the spectrum, you've got women who are still absolutely time poor, but rather than seeing style as an inconvenient necessity, they actually really enjoy their shopping and and they understand how powerful style is as as a business asset. But again, going back to the time poor factor, um, they then shop emotionally and they shop without a plan and they end up buying all the things and they suffer from the dreaded tag still on syndrome where you've got, you know, things that you've paid for and you never actually, they don't see the light of day, they remain in your your wardrobe. And these women then tend to feel really guilty and overwhelmed. So they're usually the ones that have the wardrobe full of clothes um, with nothing to wear. So they're, they're mainly the two fairly major and distinct challenges that, that I that the women who work with me face and obviously neither situation is ideal um, but you know there's certainly stuff that we can do uh, to improve that situation for them. Yeah I mean I know that one of my biggest challenges was decision fatigue right so as women we are trying to juggle many balls have many tabs open in our own brain etc etc and I just didn't want to make a decision about my clothing and the beautiful thing about working with you which was the surprise and delight for me was that you get this little app and you don't even have to make a decision in the morning you just get up and sift through and go through it and I just found that fabulous and I wonder whether uh, a lot of people work with you because of that beautiful surprise and delight at the end. Yeah, and I think it, it it's actually a little bit of a surprise and delight to me um, over over the course of time, because I suppose I just added it as a as a nice bonus for clients, and uh, more and more so, women are coming to me and just saying how much they rely on and enjoy the real ease of dressing that comes with what I call it's the lookbook. So as you say, it's a little app that you get on your phone, and I have categorised. Um, all of the fabulous outfits into the areas of your life that you need to dress for so that you can simply pull it up and go, yep, that's what I feel like wearing today because I've got, you know, a particular meeting or whatever it might be, a level of dress that you need to dress for. So, yeah, lookbook's good, isn't it? (laughs) It's awesome. And I also like the way that you gently prod your clients, having been one, to get the proper underwear. (laughs) (laughs) Gentle prodding, exactly. (laughs) Gentle prodding and some uplifting. That's what's required. (laughs) Um, Tell us, what are your top tips for women investing in their personal brand and look? This one is absolutely, it's all about intention. You just have to get intentional about it. And if you're really serious about it, I would recommend getting a personal stylist to guide you through. And I I, I happen to know a very good one, in fact. Um, But even if you do decide to go it alone, uh, in terms of 
setting your style intention and a really good place to start is to define what I call your style identity which essentially this is just the message that you want to send to the world and importantly the message you you send to yourself through your clothes. So you want to start asking yourself questions like what are the styles and the cuts and the colors and the prints and patterns that you're drawn to just become aware of those. You want to ask yourself what silhouettes suit my body shape. What is my body shape? Um, What colors light you up? Think about your wardrobe lifestyle fit. So does your wardrobe work for you or does it work against you? And do you have the right kinds of outfits for all, all of those places that you need to go and all the things you need to do? A really big question to ask is, is it easy to get dressed in the morning? And if not, why not? As I say, asking those questions starts to set that style intention. Um, It starts to give you that sort of compass um, and you become aware of the direction that you want to take your style. So you actively play a part in where it goes uh, and you really do have to give it some time and headspace. Yes, the time and headspace. But what I found great is working with a stylist, all those pieces come together. you're not having to ask yourself those questions and figure out it all on your own it's someone who brings that expertise with them and has done it with other people and so you're in we're in a safe pair of hands especially with you nick oh thanks em yeah no i am very very happy to do the heavy lifting for you and that and that's i mean i think in so much in um in life the the busy lives we lead as you know getting someone else who's expert in that area to do it really does free you up so that you can get on with the amazingness that you have to offer the world so absolutely and is it expensive to keep up with the latest corporate fashion trends and would you suggest that we even try and keep up with them <laughs> um yeah well look with in in terms of any trends it can be very expensive to keep up with them and that's if you're focused on the trends uh it isn't expensive if you're focused on your own unique style and personal brand so the problem is trends are a distraction and when you you haven't done that work that I've spoken about around your style identity they can really easily derail you and absolutely cost you money Uh, So I like to say partner with your style and play with the trends um, so that when you understand your personal style and brand, you are so much better positioned to choose trends that work for you. Um, And you can then just leave, it's not very nice, but you can leave the fashion disasters for someone else. Um, So yeah, if, if if you do it in that order, so style before trends, then you'll definitely save yourself time, headspace and money. What was that thing? Partner with what? Oh yeah, partner with your style, play with the trends. So a lot of a lot of women focus on the trends, and you know that whole the whole fast fashion. I've just written a blog about it. In fact, a lot of women focus on fashion, and really they need to be focusing on their style first, and then they can really work out what trends work within their style identity. Um, so just reordering the two, partner with your style, play with the trends. I love that because I think that takes all the pressure off trying to keep up with all the trends. So I'm like, yay, one less decision to make. (laughs) Totally. Yep. Decision fatigue be gone. (laughs) Exactly. So our final question, Nick, will be things be different in terms of personal styling as we head out of coronavirus? Uh, well, yeah, they've they've certainly been different as we headed into COVID. Uh, so I, I imagine things will be a little different heading out too. So, you know, obviously the whole face-to-face shopping consultations aren't possible right now. 
So that's meant a lot of personal stylists have moved to online or virtual styling services. And that's a service that I've actually offered for quite some time now, um, but I only ever offer it for my existing clients. Uh, So when I've really had an opportunity to create a a relationship and a connection and really understand that woman's shape and, and her style and her personality and her needs. So for that reason, I think coming out of um, the the COVID crisis, because personal styling for the clients who I work with, it, it really is about that personal experience, um, getting to know the woman whom I'm you know choosing clothes for, takes that personal connection. Uh, so I think it can really only be achieved when you've, you're spending time face-to-face. So while I think some stylists, yeah, absolutely will continue with virtual styling as an added arm to their business, I think most of us are really, really can't wait to get back to business as usual. And, 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 you know, personally, that's certainly what I'm hoping for in my own business. But there is a, there is a piece of that that I would like to see some change in. And I I hope certainly that there's going to be a change in clothing consumption habits uh, I think that reducing that whole wasteful side of fashion is is definitely something that as a personal stylist um, I can really impact. So I'm hoping more people might uh, begin to have an increased appreciation of the value that personal styling services bring in that sense. And then, you know, logistically, I, I suppose things might be different in those very initial um, initial days. I know some stores are already reopening and I think people might have some concerns and hesitations or, uh, around trying on clothes and hygiene and still physical distancing in fitting rooms and all of that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, we've got a, a few logistical things to get through as well, but nothing we can't work around. Yeah, perfect. Um, where can people find you, Nicole Vine? Ooh, well, <laughs> usually at Chadston. Um, but <laughs> and probably more uh, informatively, uh, my website, www.nicolevine.com.au, is the place where everything Nicole Vine resides. I am also uh, on Instagram and uh, LinkedIn. Or oh, you can call me. My number is all contact page on my website. Um, yeah. Perfect. Thank you. So hopefully those that are listening who may need some personal styling help can find you at nicolevine.com.au. And uh, thank you so much for your time today. It's been awesome to chat with you. My absolute pleasure, Em. It's always an absolute joy. That's Nicole Vine. That's it for this episode of Tea with the Queen. If you love this episode, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. And you're very welcome to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us with promoting the podcast for others to listen to inspirational topics on leadership and business. If you want to contact me directly, all the details are at my website, emmamcqueen.com.au. It's also where you can find my new book, Go Getter, in which I share practical tips to take control of your life. Speak to you soon. Speak to you soon.